0: I love the amplified version of verse 5. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my brimming cup runs over, right smack dab in front of the enemy. Adam Clark, who was a famous, famous commentator since gone to be with the Lord for many years, said this of this verse. He said, A magnificent banquet is provided by a most liberal and benevolent host who has not only the bounty to feed me but the power to protect me through though surrounded by my enemies i sit down to this table with confidence knowing that i shall feast in perfect security hallelujah and so the good shepherd's care it really does not Eliminate the presence of our enemies, but it enables you to experience God's goodness and bounty right in their presence. Amen. So this table of the Lord that is prepared is not wait until we get to heaven. No, he has a table for his sons and for his daughters right now. For if it was in heaven that he was talking about, there wouldn't be any enemies there. Now there is going to be a supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're all going to enjoy that. But while we're here on earth, praise God, God's got a table and it's prepared just for you. The word prepare means to make ready for some purpose or for some event. You know, Easter's coming up. How many of you just love to have Easter dinner with relatives? Yeah. Easter dinner with friends. <laughs> Amen. You know, you might have some, some guests coming over. And, and uh, you know, perhaps you've been preparing for these guests for days. Maybe they're coming from out of town. And you've been shopping. And you've been cooking. And you set a beautiful table. And, and the guests arrive. And this all, oh, we're not hungry. We had a Big Mac on the way in. You might just get in the flesh. Why did you eat? Didn't you know I was preparing something good for you? You know, I wonder if the father feels like that. Son, daughter, why are you filling up on all the junk of fear and worry and the spirit of this age? Hey Amen. There's much more good things to eat than what this old world has to offer. If I were to invite you to our house for a holiday meal, you know, Brenda's a tremendous cook. She's from Oklahoma. She knows how to get her done. And uh, you've heard me talking about all of her delicious cooking skills. And the day arrives and you're you're just full of anticipation. You can hardly wait to get there. And you hear all this commotion in the kitchen. And an hour later, Pastor Brenda comes out with a platter full of bologna sandwiches. Now, the bologna sandwiches would be good, and she wouldn't do that. But I think that error would just kind of be filled with a little bit of disappointment, don't you? Well, I'm here to tell you that our Heavenly Father is the best chef there ever was. And when He says He's preparing a table for us, He's doing it. It's a beautiful table. Say with me, it's a bountiful spread. (coughs) All you need... All you desire is on the table. You know that old song. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes, turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. The question I have for you is, are you hungry for the things of God? Wow, thank you for those two weak amens and those three holy groans. (coughs) Have you tasted of the good Word of God lately? And did it make your heart happy? We're not talking about a little dab will do you happy meal at church. We're talking about a spread of good things to eat. I hear the prophet Jeremiah said, Thy words were found and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy. And what? And the rejoicing of my heart. Glory to God. Now here's here's part of the problem though. The father has difficulty getting his sons and his daughters to come to the table. Uh, Because they don't feel like they're worthy. They feel like that they're Unable because they're unworthy. An unworthy consciousness will also have an unability or declaration, I'm just not able to come to the table because all that I've done in the past. Well, we're going to find in later today's service that there's forgiveness on the table Amen. and that you have been able. To come to the Father's table. You know, the ten spies brought back an evil report. God said to them, I have given you the land. And ten spies said, well, there's giants in the land. And the children of Anak are there. And the Amalekites are there. And they're just eating up all the inhabitants of the land. And they said, we're not able to go up and possess the land. Because the bottom line was, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And as a result of the way that I saw myself as a grasshopper, the giants saw me the same way. Listen friends, walking by sight will always snuff out the light. Walking by sight will always make you feel like you're unable. But oh, if you walk by faith... If you walk by faith and you choose to trust God with all of your heart, in spite of your feelings, in spite of your past, God's ability for you to come to the table is there so you can come boldly and partake of everything he's got for you. Matter of fact, Paul dealt with this with the church of Colossae. He said, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah! I want you to say it with me, real strong. My father has made me able to come to the table. Look at your neighbor and say, "It ain't no fable." You know what a fable is, don't you? A fable's a myth. A fable's idle talk. A fable is something that's falsehood. But the truth of the matter is this. You're able to come to the table. What table? It's the table of the Lord. Hallelujah! Yeah. Glory, to Glory to God! So what are you full of? What are you full of? I don't mean are you full of candy, cake, and cookies... But what's in your heart? What are you full of spiritually? What have you been eating? You know, what you eat naturally shows up naturally. And we don't want to meddle with that whatsoever. So I think I'll move along. But, you know, if I'm just eating junk food all the time, it could have a negative impact on my body. And this is the problem. There's too many Christians... They're willing to survive on a quick snack once a month when all the time God's prepared an amazing feast for you to partake of everything. Listen, folks, just coming to church once a week and getting fed once a week is not enough. How many meals do you eat every day naturally? Well, three at least. And medical science sometimes tells you you need to be eating small meals throughout the day so it could extend to seven or eight. And so if you're taking care of that physically, how much more should we be taking care of ourselves spiritually? We've got to watch what we're putting in our eyes. We've got to watch what we're listening to. We've got to allow ourselves to be filled with the fullness of God Allow this word to dwell in us richly and fellowshipping with the head of the church by praying in the spirit and worship him in the spirit and in truth. Somebody say amen. Now, I saw something the other day as I was studying this and I want to give this to you. I saw something from Psalm 23 and verse 5. And I want you to notice that in the message translation. We're going to see some things this morning. We're going to see some things today. We've got the spirit of seeing around here. We've got the spirit of knowing. Psalm 23, verse 5 in the message says, You serve me a cold snack. No, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. And i tell you what's happening with my cup. My cup is rimming over with blessing. Amen. Rimming over with blessing. Amen. We serve a too much God. Amen. Amen. Now, I saw six things in Psalms 103. It's a six course meal. Yeah. And I saw six things that are on God's table we want to center in on for a few moments today. Of course, there's a whole lot more on God's table than just six things. But let's center in on these six things. Let's look over at Psalms 103. And notice with me something. Psalms 103. Thank you, Lord. A six-course meal. Verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, what? Number one, who forgives all thine iniquities. Thank God. I'm so glad he did. I just celebrated my 40th year of being born again. Glory to God. I got saved when I was about 26 years old. Back there in 1975. I was a mess and I was on the road to hell. But on the road to hell, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And I'll be truthful with you. One of the biggest things I had to overcome was I had to forgive myself. I had to let go of all the things that I did and all the things that I represented And it really wasn't until then that I was really able to receive the grace of God and really able to get a glimpse of how much my Father really loves me and i don't know where you are on your spiritual path i don't know where you were when you received jesus or where you are now maybe you haven't received him yet but i've got good news for you there's forgiveness of sin on the table hallelujah i said there's forgiveness of sin on the table as far as the east is from the west so far will he remove your transgressions from you you know, the Bible says He blots out our transgressions, and for His own sake, He chooses not to remember them anymore. Woo! Glory to God. I don't know if that makes you happy, but that makes me happy. He doesn't even remember your sin anymore. As a matter of fact, He's put you into right standing with Him. Now you can stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of sin, guilt, or inferiority as if sin never existed before. And then number two, not only does he forgive you of your sins, but he healeth all thy diseases. I think it's important to know that it's not just some of your diseases. It's not just the ones that are easy, like the colds and the headaches. But I'm talking about chronic things. I'm talking about cancer. I'm talking about things that may have stayed in your life. For long, long periods of time. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as long as he is alive and well in the earth today, there's hope. And you just have to have faith in him. him. He heals your diseases. I've discovered this. That Jesus said in one of the Gospels that healing is the children's bread. You're a child of God, aren't you? So he says, well, I don't have my healing yet. Well, come to the table and say, pass the bread, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want to correct myself there. You've got your healing by faith, but it hasn't manifested yet. Just come to the table and say, pass the bread. Whoo, glory to God. Healing is the children's bread. It belongs to you. And it belongs to me. You see, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Jesus said, I took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. I sent my word to heal you and to deliver you from every destruction. By his stripes you were healed. If you were healed, you are healed. If you are healed, you is healed. Amen. Now listen. Don't wait until sickness latches hold on you to partake of the bread. Amen. Amen. Now, I've been in that case before. Sickness laid hold on me, and I had the bread. Amen. And I partook of the bread. But you see, as a way of life, we must constantly feed on the children's bread. We must constantly feed on this word. Yeah. He said, if you'll attend to my word and incline my ear to your sayings, if you'll not allow them to depart from before your eyes, but if you'll keep them in the midst of your heart, this word that I'm speaking to you will become life to you that find them, and it will become medicine, not only to part of your flesh, all your flesh. Woo! Glory to God. All your flesh, all thy diseases, the children's bread covers it all. Amen? So number one. Forgiveness of sins. Number two, health and healing. Number three, notice with me in the next verse, Psalms 23. He says, who redeems thy life from what? He redeems your life from destruction. Now, here's an awesome truth. This word redeemeth means in the continual sense. Go like this, the continual sense. That'll wake some of you up. Do it backwards. Now forward. Do the Freddy. No. He redeemeth. <laughs> We're going way back there. <laughs> he redeemeth. Hallelujah. A redeemer. Redeemer. That's what redeemers do. They have redeemed, they are redeeming, and they will yet redeem. Whew. Now, He redeems your life from destruction. Now, fear and anxiety are not designed to bless you, are they? Fear and anxiety are designed for your destruction. And this is why you'll see several times in the Word of God on what we're supposed to do with cares, anxieties, and worries, right? Cast your burden on the Lord, He'll do what? He'll sustain you. Casting all your care upon Him, why? He cares for you. Be careful for nothing, amen? Do not fret, do not have any anxiety about anything, amen? So we're instructed in the Word of God not to let fear and to let worry rule in our lives. Now, if you're like me, and I'm sure that many of you are, if you're like me... Sometimes your flesh likes to take over. And sometimes the enemy of our soul will come along and lie and say things like to us, yeah, you know, whatever the case may be, you'll, you'll never get out of debt. Your, your, your loved ones will never be saved. Your body will never be healed. You know, why don't you just forget it? Why don't you just quit? What are you going to church for anyway? Now, does that sound like something that's on the Lord's table? No, not at all. And so, you know, if I've been tempted to quit once, I've been tempted to quit a thousand times. Now, not so much lately, but thank God, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I didn't quit. I may not be everything I need to be yet. I may not accomplish everything I need to accomplish, but by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, we just get up every morning, put one foot in front of the other, keep walking by faith and not by sight, keep singing in the light, keep shouting grace, and know that the goodness of God's going to see us through. But thank God, by the grace of God, you didn't quit. And by the grace of God, I didn't quit. And if you're tempted to quit this morning, i got a word for you. Do not quit. And here's what I've discovered. In those seasons, in those times of testings and trials, there's someone on the inside of me that wouldn't let me quit. There's someone on the inside of me that brought divine encouragement. There's someone, the third person of the Godhead, the greater one who lives on the inside of me, strengthened me, quickened me. Glory to God. And he'll do the same thing for you. See on the inside of you, you've got the one that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he's greater than discouragement and he's greater than despair. And he's greater than doubt and he's greater than losing I came to the table one day and I looked up and down the table and on the table right in the middle of it I saw a great big bowl of victory glory to God hallelujah I saw me a great big bowl of triumph I saw me a great big bowl of victory come and dine the master calleth come and dine now years ago you know how uh, before they had the jet planes, and I don't know what year the jet planes came out where passengers could ride, because I'm sure I wasn't alive then. Um, but years ago, people would travel from coast to coast and north to south by train, right? How many of you remember that? And there, one day there was this guy, and he's walking down the track. And he's got this great, big, huge backpack on him, and it's so much weight on him, he's just stooped over. And then he's got a suitcase in either hand. Yeah. And he's on the right path now. He's heading down the track, but he's like, he, he just barely can make it and barely can move. And the, the foreman and a crew were there working on some tracks, and he saw this guy from a distance. And he walked up to him. He didn't want to hassle him or anything, but just wondered what he was doing. And, and the man got very, very, very defensive before the foreman could hardly open his mouth. He said, now I've got a ticket here. I've got a right to walk on these tracks. And the foreman said, yeah, you got a ticket. But this ticket enables you to check your bags on the train. And this ticket enables you to ride on the train. And this ticket enables you, when it's dinner time, to come to the diner. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And as Christians, oh, they're on the right path, all right. But they're loaded down with guilt. And loaded down with fear. And loaded down. See, they're looking down instead of looking to Him. And they've got a suitcase of worry over here. And a suitcase of depression over here. And they can just barely make it through life. Oh, Jesus. When all the time they got a ticket. Jesus purchased their ticket. I said, Jesus purchased their ticket. It's time to get off the track. Get into the train. Check your bags. And come to the Father's table. And eat, drink, and be merry. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah! You see, you've been bought and paid for. You're a purchased possession. The Scripture says... For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish. Come on. And without spot. I love what the new century version says. It says, but you were you were saved From that useless life. You were saved from that worthless life. You were bought not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but you were brought with the precious blood of Christ, which was like a pure and perfect lamb. I'm here to announce to you today at Heart of the Bay Christian Center, you've been delivered from uselessness. You have been delivered from worthlessness because you are bought and paid for and a purchased possession by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Glory to God. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a purchased possession. Man, I feel like preaching today. Who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light? A royal priesthood, a a, a, royal—you're a group of kings, a kingly priesthood. You don't come from a natural race. You come from a supernatural race. You come from the new creation race. You are a new creation. You are a new species that has never existed before. Oh, you might be black. You might be white. You might be Asian. You might be brown. But when the Bible talks about you being in Christ, it leaves all that behind. We're one blood, one body, one race. We're part of the body of Christ, the new creation in Christ Jesus. There's not either male, there's no female. You're all, oh, glory to God. If I could play a ham and organ, I'd do it right now. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're purchased. Your ticket is paid for. And I hear the Spirit saying from the book of Revelation and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, if you look carefully at that word loved us, that word love there means he valued us. He values you. You are not worthless. You are not useless. You have great value in the eyes of the king. So come to the table and feed on a great big bowl of righteousness. And he has made us kings and priests under God his Father. To him be glory. Both forever and ever. And even right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So listen, he redeems your life from destruction. I mean, right there in the presence of your enemies. Yeah, the enemy's there, isn't he? But he's not at the table. He can't get to the table. He's on the outside of the table looking in. As a matter of fact, you've been raised up to get together and made to sit together with Christ. And actually, he's under the table because he's under your feet. Stomp down right now and say, under my feet. that do some of you good this week. Get back under there. And so, the key then is to keep your eyes on the table don't go looking under the table all of his attacks under the table is just crumbs all his attacks all of his distractions they're just designed to get your attention off what's on the table to what he's offering he's a big fat blabbermouth just hoping you'll get up from the table To see what he's up to. And the word from the Lord for you this morning is don't lose your seat. Don't give up your position. Don't you be moved. Stay put. Hold steady. And keep feeding on the promises of God. Stay focused on the table. Hallelujah. Amen. I came to the table one day, and I looked, and I looked back and forth and up and down the table to see if I could find any defeat down there, to see if I could find any discouragement down there. I came to the table, and I looked to see if I could find any instruction there, but you know what? I couldn't find any. <laughs> Hallelujah! I couldn't find it. If you're going to look for defeat and destruction, you're going to have to look under the table. And then I came to the table one day. And again, I looked carefully from one end of the table to the next. And I couldn't find one dish of failure on the table. Aren't you glad that there's no failure on the table? And you know what? That's one of the reasons why I'm so glad. That's one of the reasons I'm so happy. Because he's made me glad. He's made me glad. And the more you stay at the table, and the more you feed on his faithfulness, the happier you'll get. I'm telling you, sorrow and sadness will flee away. There's a great, big, huge platter of peace on the table. And before we go home today, some of you are going to take a good, strong, strong meal of peace. And it's going to minister life to you. You know what else is on the table? There's a great big, huge jug of joy. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) See, joy comes several ways. Joy can come by singing, joy can come by laughing, joy can come by rejoicing, but joy can also come by hearing the spoken word. Remember Jesus said, he said, these things have I spoken unto you that your joy might be full. You know, the more you're at the table, the more you feed on his word, the more filled with joy you're going to get. Hallelujah. So number one, forgiveness of sins. Number two, healing for your diseases. Number three, redemption of your life from destruction. And number four, he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Man, that's awesome. I said he crowns us. See, there's a great big huge bowl of mercy on the table. Has anybody here ever needed mercy? better question would be, has anybody here ever not needed mercy? No, his tender mercies are over all his works. You know, sometimes I'll look at my life and I'll see the things that I wish I would have done differently. I wish I could have done a little bit differently. Yes, I have failed in my life. But I have chosen in my little life not to fail and stay down. I've chosen in my life to fail forward. And what that means is, once you know that you've missed it, and you've made a mistake, you just pick yourself up. And I say, Lord, I just throw myself over on the mercy of Almighty God. And I'm telling you what, all these years in life, and all these years in ministry, His mercy has kept me. I said His mercy has kept me. And His mercy will keep you. And so on God's table this morning... There's loving kindness. There's tender mercies. Hallelujah. And then there's also something else on the table. Number five. The next verse says, He satisfies thy mouth. I'm not losing you, am I? He satisfies thy mouth with good things. I hear the psalmist say, Oh, taste and see... That the Lord is God. You see, the good things, the really good things in life are not material. The really good things in life are things like having His presence in you and on you and having His angels all around you. The really good things in life Or when you need an answer to prayer, you can call unto Him and He will answer you and He'll show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Listen, the really good things in life are the ability to rise up in the name of Jesus and use your authority and demand that He take His hands off of your loved ones. Oh, He satisfies our mouth with good things. I believe that we can and we should, as Christians, be eating the good of the land. But let's not get so natural that it's all about material things and the good of the land. Let's be seekers first of His kingdom. I tell you, tasting of the good things of God is being a vessel of prosperity to someone else. It's being able to pay someone else's PG&E bill. Amen? It's being able to bring a fresh baked platter of chocolate chip cookies to your neighbor. Oh, the good thing. Say it with me, the good thing. And he said this. He said, as you taste of the good things, here's what will happen. That surely goodness and mercy, it's going to follow you all the days of your life. His unfailing love, His unfailing mercy, His goodness is going to follow you every day of your life. And so say it with me. He satisfies my mouth with good things. And then lastly, the sixth thing that I saw in Psalms 103 is this. It's right close with that verse. It says, He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed. Come on now. So that is our our youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, Pastor, you said you've been born again 40 years. How old are you? It's not how old I am naturally. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting any older spiritually. The Bible says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man It's being renewed day by day. Listen, don't buy into those old jokes. Literally. Well, I'm getting to be old and I just can't seem to remember anything. I left my teeth in the bathroom. You know, I love you. But I'd rather just stay in faith and believe God every day of my life. Amen. Amen. And declare, you know what? He's renewing my youth. And He's doing it. I'm going to, praise God, rise up with wings as an eagle. Listen, friends, in these last few laps that we have here on earth, what do you say we run strong? What do you say we run strong? What do you say we come into the presence of God and let Him renew our strength, hallelujah, so that when we mount up, We mount up with wings as eagles. We'll run, we'll not be weary. We will walk in these days. And by the grace of God, we will not faint. And I looked at the table. And I saw on the table a great big bowl of renewal. Give me a double. Give me three scoops of renewal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Something's happening to my body. Something's happening to my mind. I'm sharper now than I've ever been. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. I'm a major blessing. And by the grace of God, I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to run my race with strength. And you can too. Every one of you, no worthless vessels here, no useless vessels here, but there's renewal on the table for you. I'm telling you, I looked at the table. I came to the table one day and I saw a great big bowl of hope. I saw a great big bowl of hope in the midst of a hopeless and a crooked and a perverse nation. In the midst of the last of the last days. In the midst of tests and trials and all these things that you may go through. On the table of the Lord, there's hope. And that's not wishful thinking. But that is a expectation that comes from the God of hope. And so give us a triple dose of hope. My prayer is that the God of hope would fill you today. And may your life be renewed and your peace be restored. And may your joy come up several, several degrees. My prayer for you today is that you would be strengthened and that in the last of the last days, you would fulfill and carry out all that God has called you to do. For there is no one in my family that is not called. There is no one in my family that does not have a path or a purpose or a plan. I have foreordained it from before the foundation of the earth. So come to the table this morning and get your hope restored. Get your strength renewed. It's not over, says the Lord. There's more time yet. So come on up. Come on in. And don't look away, but keep your eyes on me, says the Lord.